When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is Sheep Hibbets the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Chapter 7. Manny. Manny was used to war. He wasn't quite as used to being on the losing side of one. As chaotic as things got in Ciudad de Muerta, his guys had always held the upper hand. Manny had come to expect safe supply lines and reliable transport to and from the battlefield. During past offensives, the martyrs hadn't controlled the skies. His first hint that this had changed came when the 50 caliber machine gun atop their transport fired into the sky. It was soon joined by the echoing boom of the lead vehicle's 20mm cannon, and a sparking whoosh as anti-drone rockets arced up into the sky. Nuts! Reggie yelped as the gunfire jolted him awake. He drifted off a half hour or so into the ride. Manny grabbed onto him and looped his own legs around the bench for stability. An instant later, the transport veered off of the road and into the high grass surrounding the highway. There was a flash somewhere to the left, followed by the roar and heat of an explosion. When Manny looked back, he saw the smoldering wreckage of one of their escort vehicles. Drones! He shouted into the journalist's ear over the blistering gunfire. Manny scanned the skies as their transport plowed through the tall grass. 
Wounded soldiers screamed as the vehicle banked and bounced and sent them slamming into each other. He caught sight of a small drone, maybe the size of his torso. It was matte black and an almost perfect oval. The only break in its seamless form was the bulge of a missile pod on its belly. A red light blinked above the weapon. The drone slowed to a stop, maybe a hundred feet above them. There wasn't time to think. The fixer shoved his journalist hard off the back of the transport and then leapt off himself. He hit the ground with a painful thump that knocked the air out of his lungs and the sense from his mind. For a second, the whole world was stars and shock. Manny rolled to a rough stop against what felt like a large rock. Something cracked inside his chest. And then there was another explosion. This one louder and closer than the last one. The heat hit him like an ocean wave. Manny was vaguely aware of the scent of burning hair. His hair. He cried out, but he couldn't hear his own screams. Manny's ears rang like the inside of a church bell. It was several moments before the pain and shock subsided enough for him to open his eyes. He looked down at himself first. His pajamas were scorched, and his arms were scraped and bloody from the fall. His backpack was gone, but there were no signs of serious injury. None of his bones seemed broken. What remained of the transport smoldered half a football field away. He saw a few writhing, burning shapes inside. Manny's stomach turned. Reggie. The pain of the fall had, momentarily, wiped the journalist from his mind. Manny scanned the field and found the other man curled into a fetal ball a dozen or so feet to his left. He ran over, gave the journalist a quick scan, and determined Reggie wasn't seriously injured either. A small sliver of shrapnel had pierced the other man's bicep. He was just as scraped and bloody as Manny, but also basically intact. Except his eyes didn't quite focus when Manny looked into them. Maybe a minor head injury? The journalist said something. A lot of somethings, in fact. But Manny's hearing was all tinnitus. There was no time to talk anyway. He hoisted Reggie up by the armpits, ignored the other man's pained expression, and pulled him along as he beat feet away from the flaming wreckage in the ongoing firefight. Another blast wave rolled over him, this one more distant, and then another, coming from somewhere above them in the sky. The extent of their injuries meant that their run was more like a hobble. Reggie had dislocated his unshrapneled arm. Manny had fucked his knee up in the fall and done something awful to his ribs. The two stumble-staggered as fast as they could manage, towards an abandoned gas station by the side of the old highway. They reached their temporary salvation and took cover inside the dusty, cobwebbed building. Cut, 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 cut! Reggie screamed as he slumped down against the wall. It took Manny a second to process the fact that he could hear again. You're all right, he shouted. You're fine. We're going to be okay. Manny had no idea if that was true, but he knew managing fear would be critical to their survival. The gas station had been abandoned for a decade or more. Most of the glass was gone, but the basic structure of the inside counter was still intact. He and Reggie took cover behind it, careful to avoid the piles of shattered glass and shrapnel. There were old bullet holes in the wall all around them. At one time, there'd been a plexiglass window on the inside wall behind the counter, with a little bucket in it so the cashier could do business at night without letting customers inside. Most of the plexiglass had been removed, leaving a gaping wound in the building's concrete hide. Manny stuck his head out of the hole and looked out at the site of the massacre. Both transports had been hit. Much of the field was aflame. The sick, sweet smell of burning human flesh wafted over them like a dense fog. Manny saw two of the escort trucks still firing into the sky, there was another flash above as one of them hit a drone. It corkscrewed out of the air, burst on the ground, and ignited the dry grass. What the fuck do we do? Reggie's shout asked. There was panic in his voice, and quite a lot of pain, but the journalist didn't seem to have lost his wits. We need to get out of here, Manny said. Well, those drones are still occupied. The highway was a couple of hundred feet away. The civilian vehicles following them had scattered when the attack began. Some of them had clearly been hit by machine gun fire from one of the drones. Others had crashed, rolled into ditches, and been abandoned by their occupants. 
Manny spotted one, an ancient white jeep, that looked like it had taken a round through the window. He could see blood inside the vehicle, but the engine and wheels seemed intact. The tree line of a sparse forest was just on the other side of the highway, a half mile away, if they could reach it. Reggie, he put a hand on the journalist's shoulder. The two men locked eyes, and Manny tried to force all the fear out of his voice. When I say so, run, very fast, straight towards that white jeep. Understood? The Brit brought a hand to his dislocated shoulder and winced in intense pain, but then looked back to Manny and let out a sharp sigh. Fucking, all right, shit, yeah. Manny took that as a yes. He glanced back at the firefight in the field. The fire part was literal now. At least a full acre was aflame. The smoke seemed to have interfered with the drone sensors. That was probably the only reason their last two escorts had stayed unfucked for so long. Manny watched in horror as a large beetle-black drone buzzed down low and opened up with a machine gun. He saw bursts of red as the rounds tore into the escort's gunner and flung him off the truck's bed. Time to go! Manny slapped Reggie's uninjured shoulder and sprinted as fast as his janky ankle could carry him. It was increasingly obvious that his leg was supremely fucked. The middle of Manny's back itched the whole run in anticipation of a bullet. That peculiar sense was even louder than the pain. They reached the jeep. Manny went for the driver's side door, pulled it open, and jerked back as the soupy remains of a pulped human being oozed out onto the asphalt. He heard Reggie start to retch behind him. It was fucked in there for sure. The man, he was sort of sure it had been a man, had taken a couple rounds from a very large weapon. Manny guessed they'd been 50 caliber mass-reactive bolts because the impact had torn the man apart. He wasn't sure if additional rounds or bone shrapnel had hit the two kids in the back seat, but they were all exceptionally dead. Manny pulled his shirt off and did his best to wipe the corpse from as much of the seat as possible. He hopped in and glanced over to the journalist. Reggie retched outside. Hey, get the fuck in! We don't got all! A concussive blast echoed from the field. That was one more escort down. The fight was as good as over. Manny felt a tinge of panic rise up in the base of his spine. Reggie still hesitated. Dude, either deal with some gore on your clothes or stay here and die. Your choice. The Brit snapped out of it, went for the passenger door, and hopped inside. Manny wasn't a great driver, or even a very good one. But this was a simple vehicle, and he was blessed with the motivation of not wanting to die. He turned the car back on, and the engine woke up with a rich electronic hum. The fixer flipped the vehicle into drive and gunned for the tree line. The jeep bounced and swayed over the lumpy grassland terrain. Reggie puked out the window. Manny felt nauseous, too. He honestly wasn't sure if it was more from the pieces of people scattered inside the vehicle or sheer motion sickness. Fifteen seconds went by. Thirty. A minute. Manny allowed himself to think they might make it out of this alive. And then he heard the buzz. That sickening, familiar machine hum that every Warzone kid knew as well as the sound of their own mother's voice. A drone. Closing in. Manny jerked his head out the window and scanned the sky. The jeep hit a pothole, and his head slammed into the top of the window frame. He saw stars and almost lost control of the vehicle entirely. It veered to the right and lifted up onto only two wheels. He righted the jeep, spun it back to the left, and gunned it again as he turned the other way. He stuck his head out again and scanned behind them. There it was, the black beetly fucker, buzzing towards them. It was close enough that he could see the glint of its camera optics and the barrel of the heavy machine gun slung underneath it. Manny knew it was picking up speed to compensate for the recoil of its weapon. It would be low on ammunition now. It'd probably wait to fire until it was too close to miss. The tree line was so near he could almost grab it. Another 15 seconds and they'd be there. But the drone was close. They didn't have that long. He looked over to the journalist. Get ready to bail. Get ready to what? 
Manny saw the muzzle flash, and in the same instant, he spun the wheel hard to the right. The drone's first round chunked through the back of the Jeep, cracked the axle, and blew apart the left tire. But the Jeep was in the air an instant later. It flipped over like a drunken dolphin, and the rest of the drone's shots blasted chunks out of the ground where the Jeep would have been. By the end of the burst, the recoil had robbed the drone of its momentum and brought it to a spinning halt in the sky. The Jeep rolled twice and bounced Manny and Reggie around like rocks in a tumbler. It hurt. It hurt shitloads. But Manny was high enough on adrenaline and fear that he could almost ignore the pain. Blood streamed from his forehead. Something ached terribly between his shoulders. When the Jeep came to a stop, he was deeply surprised to be alive. Let's go, he shouted to Reggie, not even 100% sure if the journalist had survived the crash. Manny pulled himself up out of the open window and then reached his hands back, blind, into the Jeep, while he scanned the sky around them. He felt Reggie's small hands grip his own. They were wet with sweat, maybe blood, probably both. Manny squeezed, pulled him up. The two hopped down, quick as they could with their sundry wounds. The drone had probably veered around and started another loop, so it could build up the speed for one more accurate burst of fire. Manny couldn't quite hear the buzz yet, but he couldn't hear much of anything over the sound of his pounding heart. Reggie pulled ahead of him in a lopsided run. Manny tried to pick up speed, but his knee just wouldn't let him. Ah, there it was. He had three, maybe four seconds before that big gun opened up again. The tree line was only about a hundred feet away. So close, and yet too far for him to possibly make it in time. I really didn't want to die here. I was so close to getting out. He thought of a picture he'd seen of the Bavarian Alps, white snow-filled valleys and rich pine forests. I'm never going to see that, or anything else. Reggie looked back as he neared the tree line. Manny appreciated the gesture. It was dumb as fuck, though. Idiota! Run! The fixer bellowed at the top of his lungs. The journalist didn't hesitate this time. He bolted past the tree line and disappeared into the wooded thicket. Manny felt a weight lift off his shoulders. He was about to be torn apart by some nutfuck martyr with an itchy trigger finger and a joystick. But he'd done his job. He'd gotten his journalists to safety. Well, not quite safety, he thought. But whatever. Best I could do under the circumstances. The hum grew louder. Manny tried to coax a little more speed out of his wounded leg, even though he knew he was too far away now to make the tree line, even at a dead sprint. It would have been nice to see Berlin. Or Paris. Oh well. He heard the thumping sound of heavy gunfire and braced himself for the instant of agony that would precede his end. But instead, he heard the sound of impact and crunching metal behind him, followed by a high-pitched mechanical whine. Something heavy and black crashed into the ground ahead of him. He made it to the tree line, pushed through the underbrush, got perhaps 20 feet into the woods and collapsed against a tree. For a few seconds, he just let the pain wash over him. His knee, his shoulders, he could feel something stuck deep in his back too, Maybe a shard of glass or some shrapnel from the start of the firefight? He had quite a few deep cuts. The trauma nanites in his circulatory system had clotted most of them, but the deeper ones still oozed blood. It was hard to tell just how injured he really was, since his body was also covered in blood and viscera from the jeep's previous occupants. Espera, he thought. How am I alive? His brain gradually spun up to meet his body. Someone had shot that murder beetle out of the sky. But who? Reggie? Where would he have gotten a gun? And the man was British. He couldn't shoot. Reggie! He shouted. Uh, over here! The Brit called back. He sounded weirdly cheerful. I am, uh, think we've made some friends. Hello, Acclaimed 
comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics, in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh. Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For the first time in his life, Manny found himself face-to-face with two post-humans. 
The first appeared to be a lady. She was hunkered up in the branches of a tree, and she cradled a very large gun in her hands. Most of her body sort of faded into the forest. She was only easy to see now because of her smile. The shine of her teeth was quite unlike anything else he'd ever seen. They appeared to be made of some sort of strange, swirling-colored metal. Where a normal person would have had incisors, she had long, curved fangs. The other chromed was a black man. He was of average height, with a muscular body and a wide build. His head was shaved, and he had a plump, friendly face and round cheeks that accentuated his broad smile. He wore a red kilt and a silver breastplate over his muscular chest. It gleamed in the afternoon sun. His only weapon appeared to be an enormous sledgehammer larger than Reggie's entire body. He smiled and nodded at Manny. His whole body twitched as he stood there, as if a constant stream of electricity buzzed through him. Reggie stood in front of the man. It looked like the journalist had run into the posthumans during his flight from the drone. He looked terrified, in the friendly sort of way only the British could manage. Hey, y'all, Manny said. He wasn't sure how nomadic half-god warrior people preferred to be addressed. Y'all seemed a safe bet. Hey, guy, said the woman up in the tree. Sup, said the kilted man. Um, can we help you? Manny asked. The man chuckled. He had a deep, throaty laugh that bounced off the trees and seemed to get louder as it reverberated. Nah, buddy, you guys, uh, look pretty near death. I'm gonna guess you don't have anything I want. Nice pajamas, though. He pointed down to Manny's blood-soaked and burned pajama bottoms. The fixer's face turned red with embarrassment. They might have whiskey, said the woman. Ask if they have whiskey. The big man smiled, lowered his maul, and spoke. The name's Skullfucker Mike, he said. The lady who shot down your drone is Topaz McMillan. Do you guys have whiskey? Manny didn't, but Reggie did. Holy fuck, he shouted. I actually do. Somehow, the journalist hadn't lost his backpack in the chaos. He unzipped the main compartment, dug around for a few seconds, and produced a small metal flask. Reggie passed it off to Skullfucker Mike, who took a belt of it and let out a dog's bark. He didn't bark like a dog. It was the exact sound of a large hound barking. Skullfucker Mike passed the flask up to Topaz. She took a pull and cooed appreciatively. All right, Scully, I like these guys. They get a ride. A ride? asked Reggie. A ride to where? To Rolling Fuck, she said. To the City of Wheels. Hey, everybody. Robert Evans here. I hope you just enjoyed the chapter you listened to. I hope you enjoy the chapters to come. If you would like to read the text version of this book, uh, either on the web or on your e-reader as an EPUB, you can find those on the website atrbook.com. Uh, so again, the free, ad-free EPUB and the text of every chapter will be on atrbook.com. Thanks. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. 
You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.